right, welcome back to another episode of Meet the Creatives. This is the second one in a row today. I'm here with Nicole Lick. Nicole, thank you so much for being here. Oh, so happy to be here. We are in Brooklyn. I almost didn't make it. I have the uh, bridge and tunnel problems. But I actually had the Uber from like eight minutes away when I got here. I'm a, I'm a train wreck. No, it's okay. It's totally my fault. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you for having me. She has this awesome spread of food and everything. She has grapes, so we're on brand today. Um, so for people who don't know you, um, let's hear a little bit about your, your journey. I know that you worked at Etsy for a while, and you've had an amazing career. Just recently, you worked with Jessica Walsh, which I fanboyed about a little bit earlier. Um, but yeah, so tell me about your journey into design and about how this all kind of came to be. Okay. My story is a little bit long. I didn't go to school for design. I studied fine art. I've actually had a lot of different jobs before I found myself where I am today. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yep, I studied fine art at Cooper Union. Um, and I was really focused on a lot of like installation work, a lot of handcrafted work. And it's really funny now because I look back and I can see I've had so many different jobs and I did so many different things, but I always kind of return to this, um, to handmade elements and kind of having like a more arts perspective on things. But yeah. You look really crafty as a kid. Did you? Like- um, I don't know if I was so, yeah, I mean, like I painted rocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made like little like weird sweatery things for my dolls. Um, I wanted to be a fashion designer actually when I was really little. Uh, and I sewed like from a teen on, made a lot of my own clothes. I was very punk rock. So there was this whole DIY aesthetic that yeah. I was totally drawn to. Um, and definitely like a part of that was that was like a big teenage identity for me. But when I got to art school, I felt a little bit uh, out of step. Because I think I was maybe. It's <laughs> fine. I was. I don't know how crunchy this was. This is gonna be crunchy. <laughs> um, right. Because maybe I was a little bit more crafty, and I was also um, I was just a, a little lacking in supplies, you know, and and formal training. I did do some um, like summer programs at Pratt, and I took some. I grew up in Massachusetts, and I took some like Saturday programs. Whereabouts uh, in Massachusetts? Wellesley, Massachusetts. Oh, my family's from like Sudbury. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, my family's actually from like Brooklyn and Queens. I was born in Rockaway. Oh, okay. So they, when they moved to Massachusetts, Brooklyn, it was so weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was weird. But um, yeah, I took like uh, Saturday classes at um, Mass College of Art and things like that. But um, I, when I got to art school, Cooper Union was like, kind of like a formal school and classic and you know like your degree would be fine arts so it's not like specialized or anything like this they did have like a graphic design program but I was really kind of wild and that was not yeah. like I couldn't I couldn't get with the confines of yeah. that at the time <laughs> so I just made like a lot I'm of a really yeah I made a lot of really myself. crazy things and um and and yeah but I yeah like I said I think it it all kind of comes back in in funny ways so um yeah I did actually um I did so many things like I had art shows um I worked construction I yes (laughs) for years actually yes um I was like the only woman on like a very international construction crew like Irish and Ecuadorian men and yes um, so yeah, it was fun. Actually, it was really, really fun. We did yeah. a lot of renovations. Um, but 
And then I was I worked as a teaching artist in like underperforming New York City schools for years. Um, mm-hmm. But I did in there um, like way back, like 1998. I actually worked at Seagull and Gale. Wow. And um, yeah, I was. Is that not on your LinkedIn? No, wow. it's not because it was, was it was yeah. just so long ago. Yeah. Um, I was I worked there for I think a couple of years even as a like a permalancer building everyone's presentations. And then I was like, well, what is this graphic design? You know, like right. maybe maybe I should be more interested in this. And out of my own pocket, like I took a, a, a continuing ed class in Photoshop and was trying to figure it out and. Um, I don't know. I, I did. I was there long enough that they they considered an offer to hire me as like a very very junior position, which would have been really great. But I had a very young daughter at the time, and um, childcare in New York City is crazy expensive, yeah. and I didn't feel confident that the hours that I would have to work would right. match up with my responsibilities because I was on my own with my daughter then, and um, and I turned it down. So it was a really long time before I came back to it. Um, And in, again, a funny way. So after that was actually when I worked construction. And then after that, um, I went back to school for a little bit, whatever. And then I, and then I. (laughs) That sounds like my life. I know, just everywhere. Um, It's kind of the life, I think, of like a single mother in New York City, to tell you the truth, where you're like, you're working and you're, you it's the responsibilities of taking care of your kid and really wanting to be involved in their life is is really determines i think a lot of the paths that you go down i mean or or it keeps it keeps it, sh- it reveals which opportunities might be the most like workable for your right. life and they're not always the most financially advantageous you know yeah. but they are ones the that make you really yeah. yeah they're ones that make you available and and also just the cost of childcare, as i already said is so high that sometimes you're working just to pay for that so you have to really like figure that out and it's challenging so well, the construction crew, the guys were so awesome and loved my daughter, and it was fine. <laughs> like, I was always able to, like, leave and get her. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and then I worked on, in, in uh, public schools because those hours really matched up, mm-hmm. right? So I was, like, traveling everywhere in Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, everywhere. Um, kind of like a really nice aunt with, like, cool materials in a bag, like, yeah. bolstering, like, whatever curriculum the students were working on with these art projects. And that was really good fun. I did that for a long time. Um, but then after that, I started, um, or actually while I was still doing that, I started kind of getting excited about crafting because Etsy was just like starting to become popular. Yeah. So I also that was like your dream Yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, let's, you know, and I, you know, I work with all these little kids and so I started making all these like ridiculous little dolls. Like don't Google it. And I'm not a single mom anymore. Like okay. I just do want to say that too because that would really hurt my boyfriend's feelings. We've been together for like nine years. Yeah. So and I've had boyfriends yeah. Anyway, but um, I want the dirt. Okay. Yeah, I know uh, so much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I started crafting, and Etsy was like kind of like this little cult thing, and I was like super excited about it. And I was this is what year? This is probably two thousand seven. 
Okay. Right? It's a very... 2006, 2007, yeah. I would be, like, making these, like, weird little dolls on the subway. Like, I'd have them in my bag while I'm traveling to schools to teach, and people would be like, have you heard of Etsy? And I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> and it felt really cool, yes. right? I was like, oh, this is, like, this whole other way to get around, right? Like, I went to art school. I, You know, like I said, I had shows. I had some success with that, but I really, like stepped away from it so this was like a really nice re-entry into like making things and mm -hmm. having kind of a community around it so um that actually went really well for me like I was I don't know like my little doll thingies sold and and I really loved the community and then I saw that Etsy was hiring and you were selling on Etsy mm -hmm. yeah. I saw that they were hiring and I applied for a job there and um and I I wasn't even hired the first round. I got hired the second round. Yeah. Um, so funny, we were just talking about persistence on the last one. I know, I mean, seriously. Um, and just as customer support, yeah. right? Um, but it was awesome, and it was tiny. There were like maybe 100 people working there at the time. Wow. And um, it really felt like a startup, and it was really super fun. Um, and... People wore all different hats all the time. I mean, there were definitely jobs and roles, but like you kind of bounced around. Right. So um, they didn't really have a graphic design team at the time. Wow. And um, this is huge now. Yeah, they didn't have it then. It's one of the so, coolest jobs you could have. Mm -hmm. So this like really awesome woman who, Anda, hey Anda, uh, <laughs> who made so many things, and Julie and, and Danielle, all these people who like made and so many people made wonderful things so it was sort of just like part of the ethos in the air you know then their stuff would be out there in the world um and it went on to become you know like a really huge part of the design team but um she had moved to berlin and so there were some events coming up and they didn't really have I don't know, the person who was like just managing the event was like, Nicole, do you want to make stuff for this? And I was like, oh, hell yeah, I do. <laughs> so I don't work in customer service. Well, I mean, I love my team, honestly, yeah. and customer support. Everybody was awesome, right? So yeah. I didn't even really feel like that, but I was like, if I could do that too, hell yes, I want to do that. So on top of my like responsibilities, I just started making, designing some things like let's say went to South by Southwest and like I made the decor and I got to go down there and I made the t-shirts and all this and that. Yeah. So, and it was design and I was like, hmm, I don't really know if I'm a designer, but like I'll go with this. This is yeah. awesome. I'm so, a I still feel that way. So. I think most of us do like forever and ever. And yeah. I don't know because I'm still, well, we'll get to that later. I'm still sort of like teetering between different worlds. Right. Honestly. Um, I think that's sort of like my life. <laughs> I'm always like a little of this, a little of that, not totally this, you yeah. know. You're a real so, multidisciplinary. I really, I think I am. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, there was, there's a whole big story within that, but, um, ultimately I did wind up getting folded into this brand new design team when it formed. So there were just, um, three designers and, um, uh, the I don't know what Randy's role was at the time, but he led like the design team. Yeah. So, um, and then from there, the design team grew, and it was it was really challenging. Honestly, um, it was really exciting and it was awesome, and worked on so many great projects. And um, I feel really proud of some of the work that I did there. Um, 
Is that where you kind of hone your skills? Like, yeah. Like, really tactile kind of stuff? Yeah. Well, I was always, you know, it's, it was really, like, this wonderful thing to be able to come back to that. Because, I, you know, I have technical skills, but I'm not, like, it's not my first go-to. I'm very, very process-oriented. Yeah. Um, and I really respond to materials. And Etsy was, like, a really good home for me. Because um, I got to work on projects and create projects that were sort of inspirational, right? Like taking what people were doing on the site and weaving it into something that was like championing things, right. like everyone. So that was like an amazing opportunity. It was a really, really good fit yeah. um, for that. Um, yeah, and, and I did wind up doing some like really extravaganza like I don't even have them on my website now but some of those projects <laughs> I went too far yeah. I think that was sort of me like the more is more was like in full effect yeah. when I was there that's so awesome though yeah I wish I had that because you're oh, sorry sure it's like your work is very like imaginative and it's very like expressive and kind of like eclectic but I feel like some people do more and more and it looks bad but when you do like those like more and more projects. It looks very. It's like exciting and like it's weird. Like it's it's almost it's like your mind in like physical form. Is that like how you feel? Like you when like when you embark on a project, how do you know when enough is enough? I think for me, um, I think it is actually living in the world of design that helps me. You'd think I'm just like getting it all out there, but I'm not. I'm actually pretty. I really think about it and I really move things around and I'm very, very detail oriented. So um, I think this is kind of like an art design difference thing for me. Not that this is rule or law, but like my feelings. Like if it were to be an art project, I probably would never stop. There would be like some, like because then it would become about the process. Yeah. Um, And there's like more room in there and then you're, you're not really trying to communicate anyone or I've in yeah. my art practice probably am more explorative yeah. and like find I find where I land. I mean there's still editing and things that you do, but with design, like there is a let's clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> Tidy it up and tie it together and just being aware of, you know, like what you're trying to communicate. So so yeah, I definitely I would definitely say like I I have a little bit of like a love of mess. Yeah. But it's controlled. It is more controlled than maybe. Right. Yeah. The composition and color and all of those like designy elements still come into play. Right. But um, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you know like when you're going on a project, you know, like what the medium is going to be? Oh yeah. Because I know like I'm, you've worked on like American Express and like all these different kind of things and some of them are like more personal and others are on like huge like brands. Um, and it's almost always different. So how do you know? Obviously, that you know there are guidelines that you're working within, but the medium that you're using, like when you go to a craft store, or when you like you know go and get materials, how do you make that decision? And how do you know what's right for which project? Uh, I think it's the conceptual part. Yeah. Right. Like both. what would what would make the most sense? Um, that that's it. I mean, like paper is definitely a go-to for me because it's so versatile and I really love the sculptural aspects that you can, you can create. Um, and also this sort of like play between like, it feels almost real sometimes. Like I really like to try to straddle that line. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I can think of specific projects that I've worked on that were really determined by the idea. So like the cork 
Of course, that was. I also worked with a wonderful art director for the timeout cover, um, and that was that determined. One. That was really fun and super challenging to photograph. I do like photograph most of my work as well. Wow. So, like, yeah. So, like, I know if I know I'm responsible from beginning to end of the mm. project. Like, that's also like, how do I get to the end within the time frame that I have? Um, but yeah, I mean, I bounce between. I think the materials are determined by like what I'm trying to express. Papers definitely go to, but like it was wonderful to work with yarn for this Village Voice illustration because that made sense with it was about you know it was about article about knitting. Yeah. So it was just so fun to just branch out you in that way. You feel like I'm like what I'm doing is so like hacky because you like you make me feel like what I'm doing is so hacky because it's like it's so expressive and there's so much material that I'm just like I think I'm just moving around color and type on this stuff. It's but like I'm just moving around things as well. Yeah. Honestly, at the end of the day, it's not so different. It's just like arriving. Like I arrive at the same spot that you're doing when you're moving things around. But I just built the pieces. Right. It's still designing. It's so much more fun though. It's fun, but it's not. It's not. It's fun, but it's scary. It's stressful. Yeah. You don't have as much control, right? Because you're relying on yourself to actually make something that looks good, right. rather than like using existing. Uh, yeah, I'm not using existing elements very often. Um, do you ever get like blank canvas syndrome? I do. I mean, I try. Some pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone, you know, would say that personal projects are really important. But sometimes it's challenging, you know, to think like, what am I going to work in? But I found, again, like just going back to my art training has been so helpful with this. I had one professor that I really loved and she was insistent on taking an idea and then doing it again and doing it again and doing it again and thinking of it a different way and trying it again and i actually have just come back to that so i'll work on a commercial project um i just made this uh magazine cover that i had to create like paint or like some art materials and then i thought well this become like moving pieces like and how can I explore that in a different way and like you just from every project I have I try to think like well how can I engage with those materials in a different way yeah. and it's been really fun it makes it more fun for me and you're not starting from scratch you're sort of building upon um yeah just trying to work in more like a series yeah yeah because otherwise I am like you described like I'll be working with one material one day and then something completely different right. the next day and um, that's really fun and fine, but there's, it, it I want to try to develop more continuity in my work. Right. You know? Yeah. Do you ever have it like where, like, cause I can imagine you using all this like different stuff, like all these different materials. Have you ever done a project that's been on like a tight deadline? I'm just, just for my own curiosity. Sure. And then all of a sudden like it gets fucked up. Like you're doing like the cork thing and you're like, you did like 750 different things and then you realize that like. It was actually for California, not for Manhattan. Like, do you, yeah. do you ever have anything like that where it's like very an extensive project, and then all of a sudden you're like, because I can kind of just like you know delete the whole artboard. It's but work you're, though. It's yeah. Just the same. It still works. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've definitely gone down some paths that I realized were not going to be successful on how to scrap. Yeah. But it's better to scrap it. Yeah. It's just better to scrap it instead of fighting with it. I mean, there's there's plenty. I do a lot um, because, you know, I photograph everything and I do my own retouching. So yeah. I I know what I can I can tweak. Yeah. And I know what I can't. Right. So if it was I like a... I an illustration. I know like there's certain things that I'm just like, well, that's doable. Leave that there. Like an extra line goes over. You just Photoshop it out. Yeah. And then there's like, there's a line at which there's just no, the point of no return. 
Yeah, yeah. totally. I mean, like, yeah, I think I, I kind of want things to still look real, so I can't. Yeah. I can't go too far. Although sometimes I go a little crazy with my ridge touching, like super real. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I've definitely Content had a America, scrap. Yeah. yeah, and I actually have a stockpile of materials too now, wow. which is like annoying to my family. Um, <laughs> but I do have a studio, so I, I can keep everything there. But uh, my my family knows now to like save their recycling packing materials because I just think there's so much potential in these like styrofoam everywhere like yeah I'm really excited like I oh my gosh okay I love going to the grocery store like I go to the grocery store and I'll see like you know like Jones Knowles Richie just did like a rebrand for like Wheaties and I'll see it and it will inspire like the living shit out of me and my wife is like what is wrong with you like let's go I'm like look at it she's like what are you talking about but is that like I can only imagine that's all the more when everything is an art object. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Um, Yeah. I mean, like, I went just not that long ago. This is embarrassing, but whatever. Um, Near my studio, there's, like, a prop building place, and they're throwing... Like movies and stuff? Yeah, I don't know what they're building stuff for. I don't know, but they're, like, large scale. And they they had a, a big white truck full of huge pieces of styrofoam with a little sign that said free (laughs) and like it was just in this like gated um driveway and the gate was open and I was like I'm going in and and I climbed up into the back of this truck really clumsy you know like and I could feel the people across the street watching me and I took this huge arc huge Arc oh made out of styrofoam. It's in my studio, and it's way too big. My studio is pretty small, but I'm like someday. I know yeah. I really want it. So yeah. What's the biggest thing you've ever done? What's like the biggest? Really big. Oh well, Etsy? yeah. It would be that Etsy crazy. It was like a whole setup for like an expo show. So that would be the biggest. Um, I've done some murals. Those are big. Um, and then next to that, I collaborate with a friend of mine, Melissa Deckert, and um, we've worked on some pinata projects that are kind of big. Oh my they're God, fun. So awesome. They're big, and they're they're weird, and those are fun. Yeah. Yeah, and I would love I would love to develop that further, like make a whole installation. Honestly, that's what I would love to move forward in is making, you know, like an art show installation kind of. Ah, uh, I don't know if it needs. I I I don't really care for an art show installation at this point but like more like a set design okay you know i think that that would be so fun to bring some of these materials and like techniques that i've been developing and that i use like for design and commercial illustration and things like that into like a whole spatial setting for like music video or whatever you know something like that i love that so the purpose of this uh podcast is to bridge the gap between um, entry-level designers and the industry's best, like yourself. <laughs> she shakes her head no. I, I say yes. Nice. Um, so for people that are in design school now or even just, you know, they just quit their job and they worked in finance and they're, you know, or construction and they're now venturing into the world of design and more importantly for you, like that tactile design space, working with crafts and working with stuff like that, um, but don't know where to begin and don't kind of have that be it natural ability or 10,000 hours of practice. When you embark on a project, like, how do you, like, what's, what would be your advice for someone who's, like, looking to start doing this kind of work 
and how do you get rid of that kind of that block? Um, I think there's two things. So, all right, I already said that it was very process oriented, but I also do a lot of planning. I do sketches, I do concepting before. I think that that actually is really helpful. So you're not just, it's like you make it a game, right? It becomes like a crossword puzzle. You fill in one thing, like your idea, and then your challenge is to say, like, well, how can I realize that idea? And then you explore the different ways that you can do that. But starting with an idea is good. If you're super, do you super, write them or you draw them? I draw them. Okay. Sometimes I mock them up. I don't know. I do it all different ways. Sometimes I just write a note. Actually, that's true. Like yeah. it's like the thought. Um, but like just having something like, well, how can I approach it? Just to get the ball rolling. Um, but if you are so blocked that you're like, I have no ideas at all, I do think just playing with forms, you know, like, like I was not joking about saving packaging material, yeah. you know, like just thinking, well, how do these forms connect and like what kind of angles and shadows do they create? Like, do they speak to you at all? Again, it's like a game because then you're adding stuff, you're taking things away and you're seeing like what does this look like anything does this make me feel anything right. these are kind of like art right techniques but you can you know Conceptual, i mean that's how i yeah. that's how i kind of approach my design and illustration you know i mean eh, maybe more personal projects than like an actual you know right. brief you don't want, you don't want if i've got a brief yeah, no yeah. you're not going to you're going to pretty you're going to hone in pretty quickly but for my personal projects i definitely go that way um, and then also being willing to say like, okay, that didn't work. But like, what did you learn? What did you learn during that process? Yeah. Like, did anything reveal itself? Do you feel comfortable working with those materials? Do you think that you'd want to try something else? Um, I don't think you have to step so far out of the comfort zone. And I do think, I do think, I know without the 10,000 hours and without like all the <laughs> things that you said, but, but those are real. Yeah. And that's the truth. And I think just hours and they it really does take experience and hours and not getting discouraged and making really shitty things. Like right. just allowing yourself to get that out of your system because if you don't, you're not going to get past it. Yeah. Like and you don't just share it with anybody. And like you you don't really I don't really believe that you should have an expectation that someone's going to hire you out the gate. So I'm going to stop at Michaels on the way home, I think. Oh, yeah, you should. Just play. Get some clay. Yeah, yeah. Start with clay. Yeah, it's okay, just, like, yeah. squishy. Yes. It's, like, fun. I, did, I, got, I got clay a little while ago, and I didn't, I didn't follow up on it, but I have the stuff. It's in the drawer. It's surprising. I want to do it. Or even just, like, rip up some paper. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I did, you know, like I said before, I did work with children. Yeah. <laughs> Not that you were children. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I would see kids feel intimidated, yeah. you know, like, not knowing what to do. And if you just give them some, like, raw material, like, a little bit begun yeah then they'll start moving it around and evidently like ultimately like everyone sees a face yeah. or something right that they recognize well i actually have um it's kind of like a, a weird story and i haven't shared this in the podcast i don't believe but since i'm here with you it makes perfect sense uh the reason why my parents they didn't really encourage me to follow design and art but um i'm showing how young i am here but when the titanic came out uh i was a kid and um, my, I was obsessed with like the, the, the boat, like just the, the ship itself. I thought it was so cool. And I wanted like a toy of it, but there was no toy. So I um, went down to my dad's office and I took um, like a whole stack of construction paper and I made the Titanic. And That's I, 
I must have used like 500 pieces of paper to do it. The thing was like wall to wall. And I like, I even, um, like my dad said, I even put the, um, like there was like little people on like the front of the boat for like Jack and Rose. That's awesome. And. This is awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I love this. <laughs> so I, um, my dad came home and he was like super pissed off and like there was just paper strewn everywhere and he was like very meticulous, very like OCD about his office. And, um, you know, he was really mad that I wasted all the paper. And then all of a sudden he was like looking at all the detail of the Titanic. And he like, from that point forward, it was always like, you know, Rob's very creative. So in a weird way, like that Titanic ship that I made was like, (laughs) yeah. I mean, because in art class, I was like always kind of like messing around and always like very like, you know, ADD. That's why I have this podcast. I'm just (laughs) all over the place. It's not heroic. It's just like I have ADD and like want to talk to people. But, um, yeah, like, that was kind of, like, my first... I think that's why I like your work so much, too, is because it reminds me of that kind of just, like, paper flying everywhere and, like, all this different stuff, so it's really cool, yeah. So that was almost, like, my intro to design, the spatial design because of that, so, yeah. That's awesome. I don't know where I got that from, but... That's (laughs) perfect. That's wonderful. And I think that, um, yeah, I think everybody, like, can has a a story similar to that, right? Right. Um... I do want to underscore. on the wall a few times. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like what is, happens when you put it on the wall? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to make it out like I'm just expo. playing the whole time because, yeah. as we all know, you know, like when you're working for clients, you get a brief and it's work. Right. Like it's yeah. not just play. Yeah. Um, and I do sweat the details. I'm just gonna score that one more time. But um, but I do think there is an element of play that you have to allow yourself. Definitely. And also just let. Sometimes if it's a personal project and you want to try something new, like let it reveal itself to you. Design is a state of play. Yeah, yeah. Even just on like Photoshop. It's like that. Yeah, you don't know, and yeah. you don't really know where you're going, <laughs> right. and it might look ridiculous. Yeah. But like, let it reveal itself to you. Like at least see it through. I think I think people stop. Because they think, I did, oh, I don't do this, or I can't do that, or yeah. I didn't like the way it turned out. Right. But like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we get older, you know, like we always, we want to be an expert at the gate. Right. You know? And yeah. that's just not the case. Yeah, for sure. so. It definitely takes time. I think it takes more time. I don't think you're time. ever an expert either. I think you're always exploring and like pushing stuff to figure out what, do you ever feel what like it you, can do. Was there ever a point where you feel like you like made it? No. Not at all. Really, no. I would say no. I feel like there's always something else I want to do. Yeah. Like I really... There's not a resting spot for me. So are there any projects that you're working on now that you're really excited about? I know you have some that you can't talk about, but is there anything that's really excited about or that you're looking forward to working on? Moving more into video, the video sphere. Um, Yep, designing, like, uh, without doing the animation, but doing the planning Mm -hmm. and the set for that. Um, I'm really excited about moving in that direction. Um, I really love editorial work. So I love how fast it's challenging for me to move so quickly. Yeah. But I love that challenge because right. you just have to go. You can't rethink. Yeah. So and I'm still like doing, you know, photographic work. So um, I love getting editorial challenges where you have to come up with a really good idea and just do it. This has been so fun. This has been amazing. Thank you for your uh, your input here, and this has been a, a lot of fun. It's so cool when you actually like really genuine. Because most sometimes I meet people and it's like I'm friends with them or we have similar friends. But like with this one, 
It's like complete strangers. And yeah. it just goes to show you, if people are looking to meet new people, go out and do it. They're not serial killers. You might be a serial killer. <laughs> oh Hopefully God. I can make it out. The, the police get my phone. Yeah. So, um, where can people find you? I know your. I love your Instagram gram name, Yo Miss Nicole. Yeah, that comes from teaching. Oh, I I had a feeling. Kids were like, Yo Miss Nicole, Yo she got tattoos. Yo she got tattoos, <laughs> Yo Miss Nicole. It's so funny that you say that because uh, my wife hates it when when people say Yo to her. She's a teacher and she oh. hates when people say Yo to her. Uh-huh. So I was like, that's probably a teacher thing. Yes. And then I was standing downstairs. Um, waiting for the to get the door code and I was like quick let me look at her LinkedIn so I could like prepare myself and then I saw you were a teacher I was like yo Miss Nicole I think that's it so <laughs> yep, that's, um, it. that's your Instagram handle and uh, where else can people find you? Uh, my website um, which is? <laughs> Nicolic.com <laughs> yo Miss Nicole.com no 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 no, no. <laughs> Nicolic.com um, L-I-C-H-T yes and I'm on Twitter but mostly for the complaining about the world and you know as you do as you do and I actually have like my little fun YouTube really that's awesome weird fun that's cool I love this most underrated platform like it's awesome yeah I have my own little like channel cool I'll link everything up